0: Hello, everyone, and Happy New Year. I'm so excited to be posting this episode that was actually also posted on the Mental Matchup podcast. So definitely go uh, check that out. But um, I took a little hiatus from last week because of the holidays and just spending time with the family and being pretty busy doing nothing, um, but this week I'm excited to get back to it and I'm just really looking forward to what's in store for us all in the City in 2022. Wow, it's weird to say that out loud. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited for you all to listen to this episode. I talk with Skylar and Kat about just our, you know, previous years and the different people that we um, spoke to on our uh, respective podcasts and what we learned and kind of what we want to bring into the new year and then leave behind in 2021. So it's a really great episode. Um, And yeah, without or before I jump into the episode itself, I just want to give a quick shout out to Talkspace. Um, You know, if there's one thing that I can kind of advise everyone to start in 2022, if they haven't already begun, it would be therapy. I think it's just an incredibly valuable tool. We talk about this in the episode, but and I talk about it all the time. But I think, you know, there's really no better way to become a better person than just to first uh, to learn, you know, why you are the way you are and why you act certain ways in certain circumstances and therapy is really the best way to do that. So um, I'm really excited to be able to give everyone $100 off your first month of therapy at Talkspace by, um, by using my code ZOE, Zoe. Um, when you go to the Talkspace website and, you know, check out, you could just use the code Zoe to get $100 off your first month. And, you know, what I say and actually what Kat and I say in this episode is, you know, just try it once. Just try it for a month. You're saving 100 bucks. It's, you know really as much money as he's spending at like two dinners in new york city so it's worth it and you get a limited messaging with your therapist so it's um you know you really get out what you put in and i can't just tell you how much i value therapy and um yeah I, I would encourage everyone to get started or make that you know part of their 2022 new year's plan um and yeah without further ado here is the episode
1: So fam, this is a exciting episode, special episode. Um, We are going to do a little recap of our past season of the mental matchup with fellow um, mental health podcaster,
0: Zoe, with her Solace in the City podcast. You want to say hello? Sure. I'm so excited to do this. I think it's like a really great way to reflect on, this past year, which has been a lot, um, but also, you know, I, given the topics of our podcasts um, and like the overlap, I think I'm really excited to to discuss with you guys.
1: Yeah, I think Kat and I are really excited. We we didn't really do this from last season. Well, I guess we we kind of did. Right. We got the whole Morgan's Message um, staff on here and we were kind of talking about what Morgan's Message learned from their first year but we haven't really focused on the podcast itself so i think it'll be really cool and kind of a nice way to reflect on 2021 as we go into 2022 which is just wild to (laughs) me um so yeah um do you guys want to start with like some of the biggest things we've learned you know over the course of this season like biggest things we've learned or the best advice that we've received during some of the episodes
0: yeah I'm curious so what topics would you say you guys covered the most or yeah it's no I'm just yeah you know because it's funny like when I was looking through all my episodes I realized that none of them really touched directly on the pandemic and you know, given where we are right now with this rise of Omicron and, um, COVID kind of like resurging, it's interesting to look back and it's almost like, I don't know if I deliberately avoided talking about it directly or if it was like, so out of my mentality, like this is, you know, something that's in the past. Um, but I don't know what, what are your guys thoughts on that? And I guess other topics that may, you might've touched on or that might've been one.
2: Yeah, we we had two guests um, who I guess it was a bigger focal point in their stories since I guess our our podcast is more so focused on like a specific event and, you know, like learnings from that event or events that have kind of shaped and are formative in our guest lives. So two of those, one was Brian's who he, he plays in the MLS. Um, and so he was essentially in like this bubble for, because of COVID and because of that, he was like very isolated and it, that was, that was a huge impact on his anxiety. Um, and another one we had was a current lacrosse player who is in college. So that was like with everything with COVID and going virtual and classes being canceled um, and she took some time off that was like a huge focal point in her story as well but I think like the biggest takeaways from COVID and even like the threads throughout our different guests was just like the isolation piece of COVID or you know feeling like you're like stuck with with people because of the quarantine pods or whatever it may be but I don't know if we had like that's an interesting point like I don't know if we actually had like a really really big example where COVID was the main main topic
1: yeah I feel like almost people in general like even people in my life outside of podcasting we haven't really dived too deep into how has COVID been for your mental health because everyone's just like uh covid you know and like everyone understands what that means everyone understands that it's been awful for mental health and that there has been so much isolation and um just a lot of emotional uh like work that's been done and emotional distress that you know like um is kind of accumulating but uh, like obviously there there are stories for me early on in the pandemic it was almost a relief to have, because I I was going through kind of the worst of my own mental health crisis at that point, and was socially isolated, and almost mm-hmm. it was a relief to have the rest of the world isolating and, you know, not socializing as well. But I, I obviously recognize that that story is um, not a very common one, but I have heard other stories like that come out of it, but most people, yeah, have kind of that shared super negative mental health experience with COVID.
2: What's actually interesting for me is I feel like beyond the podcast, a lot of my friends or like people, people I know have actually gotten like therapists. Like, I think that's mm-hmm. been like one of the biggest like outcomes that I've personally seen or people are more willing to like tell people like, Hey, maybe you should talk to a therapist about this or like, there's a lot going on. Like, I feel like that's like one of the bigger, bigger things that I've noticed post and during,
0: I guess we're still during. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. I mean, even just like working at a mental health company and like seeing the statistics, it literally like the company that I work for has grown exponentially since the pandemic started because people are needing help. And now the problem is is that there's a national shortage of therapists. So like, it's so difficult to find help and find um, someone you click with and can speak with, you know, weekly and not pay like $250 per session. So it definitely, it's on one hand, I think the silver lining of COVID is that it opened the conversation up about mental health, but kind of going back to your point, Sky, like I was similar where like, I was in such a low point when the pandemic started. And I, especially cause I was at a company that I really didn't like, it was a, not Talkspace it was a different company, um and I remember literally saying like wow I really just wish I didn't have to go to work every day and then they were like we're gonna have like have you guys work from home for a couple of days and I was like oh my god this is awesome and then like <laughs> 18 months later we still here so I now I'm like oh like this second not the second round but this kind of like resurgence has almost hit me harder because I'm not in that place where I needed to pause I'm more in like a place where I'm like wanting to go 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 but obviously can't do that
1: yeah I think um yeah getting back to kind of things that we did did cover a lot in some of our episodes I felt like we had um, a lot of guests on in this season that are current mental health professionals and I think I learned a lot from them because almost all of them had their own mental health experiences when they were younger and had a lot of really interesting takeaways and were just really inspiring also in the way that they decided to take those experiences and turn around and try to help other people. Um, so that was definitely a trend. Um, and I think we can get more into that later when we talk about, you know, biggest takeaways from the season, um, I felt like we had a lot of discussions about disordered eating too, um, and otherwise, like it was really across the board. Like I was kind of mapping out our episodes, and we had everything from injuries to abandonment issues, bipolar disorder, gender-based violence. So it was, it was really all over the board. Um, is there anything else that you you really felt like you focused on in Sauce in the City?
0: Um. I mean I think it's interesting like disorder eating comes up a lot I think especially when speaking to women um when just talking about you know like I spoke with a a popular TikTok influencer Teffy and she you know brought up that when she was younger she had an eating disorder and that's like not even the focus of her platform in the least bit but it's kind of just speaks to how common it is especially among you know, young women and a lot of young men, but just the fact that it is, especially with like, you know, people prone to um, anxiety disorders or um, just many mental health disorders, it is something that's so commonly like interwoven and it's kind of scary just to see how much that comes up. Um, so, and it's always interesting to me because that is something that is a part of my own past and something I still like try to navigate or work on navigating and um, it's always a battle but I think the just kind of reflecting on at least for me when I uh, I first opened up about my eating disorder two years ago on my podcast um, with a friend from high school and that was like the first time I told anyone outside my family about it and then i was like speaking it to the entire world so <laughs> we really went from 0 to 100 right there <laughs> and then now you know i'm i'm really comfortable talking about it so i think it just shows the power of just speaking something into existence and then hearing people you know responses being so kind and like saying that you know, something that I said or something that a guest said helped them. That was like the really, the whole point of like starting this podcast and having that, um, reaction is just made me want to talk more openly about everything that I've been through.
2: I like could not echo that point more. Like I think when, Scott, like when sky because I asked Sky to be, to be my co-host, my partner in crime, and I think at first I went in being like. I just want to help one person like if sorry I tear up but like if I could help helped Morgan like that this is this whole podcast everything like would have been all worth it whatever you want to say but then I I found like when I told my own story and as we were progressing like it really helped me as well like maybe even more so just like learning about other people's stories and feeling less alone and like actually understanding because I think it's so easy to be like well everyone has their own stuff like everyone's going through you know how people are like
1: Mm -hmm. everyone's
2: going through something like I say it in like a cliche way but it's like it is really really true and everything that everyone goes through can look so different but that doesn't mean it's any worse or like any better than someone else right like it's like apples to oranges like you can't make that comparison so I feel like all in all, the podcast has helped me so much. And it's helped so many other people. And like what you were saying with your own story, like I had a girl who, you know, went to like the same high school as me a few years below me, we didn't cross paths, but she called me in the spring of last year and was like, I'm really struggling. And like, I know, because I listened to your episode, like you've gone through similar stuff. Like, can I just talk to you for 30 minutes? And I was like, girl, you have my number. Like, you can call me whenever. Like, you can talk to me an hour two hours. Like, I'll, like, stay on the line as long as you need me. Like, I won't even say a word if you don't want me to. And she, like, texted me a few weeks ago and was like, hey, thank you again. Like, I'm in such a better place. Like, I have my therapist. Like, I have my support system. And, like, I don't know if I'd be here without, like, your support. And that, to me, was like, holy shit, you know? Like, those are the moments where you're really, like, even like we're making a difference. So there's my rambling tangent, but I think that's like been the biggest, you know, reward between like being vulnerable, sharing stories, but then also like having these amazing guests on who are also being so courageous and vulnerable and sharing their stories and knowing that even if it's just one person, it makes, you know, a huge, huge impact on the greater good, which is just humbling and unbelievable
0: that's just someone who like reached out to you. You don't even know how many people thought like were thinking that same sentiment, you know, like, but maybe didn't reach out. So that's, that's so amazing. And I'm like, I, yeah, that there's nothing like that feeling of just feeling like the effort you put into something, especially something as important as this, like was, you know, we're all worth it. I have a question for you guys. And I actually just thought about this. So I remember, so, like, when I started my podcast, it was, like, October 2019, and then, obviously, like, you know, COVID happened in March 2020, and then, it like, mental health became, like, a quote-unquote hot topic, and I was, like, in my head thinking, wow, I can't believe I kind of, like, I almost predicted this by starting this mental health podcast. So, you guys started your podcast, and then this summer, there's been so much talk about, like, the overlap between mental health and sports between, you Osaka and Simone Biles opening up about their battles, with mental health. Like, how did that affect, you know, like, how did I guess a, that make you guys like feel in terms of like, wow, the sports community is finally addressing something that's been a, you know, issue. And also like, how did it affect your listeners and um, you know, the way you kind of guided your interviews?
1: Yeah, I think um, it just came up all the time. Um, I think in terms of, you know, how it felt kind of when Naomi and Simone were opening up about their experiences and seeing the world respond to it, I was just so encouraged by the norm of the response felt like it was just overwhelming support. And I almost felt like we were further along than we initially thought in terms at least of what the publicly acceptable response to mental health was. You know what I mean? Like, I know that they had critics who said um, that this is a form of weakness, you know, they need to be stronger than this, whatever it may be, but it felt like everyone knew or most people knew, and especially like media outlets and stuff knew that we'd had to frame that as, courageous like being honest about your mental health in the athletic space is nothing but brave and real and we need to be talking more about it so I thought that that was really encouraging um because like I said I I wasn't sure if we were there yet um yeah
2: yeah I feel like to even like go off of that point like privately, I think a lot of athletes and student athletes struggle. Um, I think when like Michael Phelps, you know, shared his story, but like after the fact, right? Like after he had had that time to kind of digest, like that's a telltale sign that like it is very, like mental health and athletics, they go hand in hand. Um, And so I think the public, like, I feel like it's, I want to phrase, I don't know how to phrase this. Not that it's like a dirty secret, but I think if you're involved in athletics at high school, collegiate, post-collegiate level, you are aware that there is mental health like involved in athletics. And I think some people choose to to take the route of like it is what it is, it comes along with athletics, like I'll be better for it. And then I think some people really struggle and are like no, like this this shouldn't be what it is like you know I'm gonna get help yada yada so I think when when it was publicly brought to the forefront it was almost as if everyone who truly had mental health like knows that it's like a real thing right Some people I think still like don't think it's a real thing like we're like this is the validation that we needed or like not necessarily needed but like it's nice to know that there are more of us out here and that right it's not like you feel like you're you're alone on an island in the locker room, but that like there are so many more other people who are feeling the way you're feeling or like want to support you and want to help you and want to validate your feelings. So I think that is like what for me, when it was brought to like the national global stage, kind of solidified like this is real and it's impactful anyone who is, you know, trying to speak up about it if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think it also causes, or like when that conversation, I mean, obviously I wasn't an athlete, so I'm not, I can't like say this, the hundred percent certainty, but I imagine that, you know, when that conversation was opened by like literally the best athletes in the world, that, you know, it must've been a topic brought up by coaches and like leaders in um, various like athletic spaces. So, that it's they're not just hearing it from the media but they're hearing it from like a leader and maybe a team captain and so someone who is struggling can find some solace and knowing that like not only is you know the best gymnast in the world or the best tennis player in the world or the best swimmer etc speaking openly about having struggled with their mental health but it's also like their coach or their you know captain um condones you know that sentiment and that that it's okay to not be okay sometimes
1: mm-hmm. yeah I think that's such a good point and it's something that I I wish that we ask more of our guests about especially the ones who are still playing because I don't think we asked that question really of like how has um, your coach or how the leaders in your life responded to this I think a lot of people just kind of talked about you know we asked them how did um, like all of this impact you personally. And a lot of people just said, yes, it was so validating. It was so comforting to know that it's okay not to be okay. But I think that is really interesting and probably something that we can go back and ask people is like, you know, how did this impact the leaders in your life? Um, but yeah, I would imagine that those conversations were definitely happening.
0: Yeah. One thing or one conversation I had, um, my podcast that I thought was like super interesting was with this guy um who's an anthropologist at George Washington University and he he like it was he wrote two books and basically his second book was about stigma and like kind of analyzing stigma through an anthropological I I think I said that right anthropological lens and how like stigma is like a really western concept because and I think I have a quote (laughs) um basically it's like it can be explained through a cultural history and it begins the moment like we define what mental illness is and what he did is he went to um like a country in Africa I'm not sure what it was like a small country in Africa went to a tribal village and met with a kid Um, a a kid in his family who had uh, schizophrenia and the parents like didn't explain it as him having like a disease or anything wrong with him they just were like yeah you know he has to take his like medicine every so often um or else you know like the like the demons come like they basically were they were saying it was like an outer source as opposed to like his problem like oh it's, you know, the like the demons then like make him see things. Um, but then he takes his medicine and he's okay. Um, and then another kid I think had, I think it was autism. And it was like a similar thing where they didn't say like, oh, he has autism. It was like, oh no, he just um, is a little like, you know, shy. But basically his whole theory that uh, Dr. Grinker was saying that only in like the United States and you know other western civilization do we kind of put a label on something like that as opposed and it's like kind of like we created the stigma and so we have the power to remove it as well and that was something I thought was just like so interesting and eye-opening that you know it it's even though we grew up like thinking a certain or like having certain opinions about like mental health or mental illness or therapy, that's only because of like our society. And like, it's still something that if we collectively work on reducing it, like it's possible to, for, you know, our the next generation to not have that same like negative opinions around mental health.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that's something that I talked a lot with, some of my teammates about, um, who studied psychology, both of them kind of felt like all of this is a spectrum, which I, I do totally agree with. And I, I think about a lot that some of the classification is important, right? I remember it feeling important once like terrifying, first of all, when someone was like, yeah, I I think you're depressed. Um, And then having kind of a roadmap from there, being like, okay, I'm depressed and therefore I'm going to take this medication and do these things and I'll probably feel better. But I think it needs to be, I think thinking about it as a spectrum reduces the stigma. Like everyone has moments like that. I think, um, I don't know, like, yeah, normalizing it, declassifying it, Taking people out of these really strict boxes um, is super important, and I think it also helps me wrap my head wrap my head around how important it is to find what works for you. You know, if you like reduce the stigma of these individual boxes, there's less pressure to say, okay, if this is what you're dealing with, then you need to solve it next way. Like there are so many different ways for people to, um, like deal with their mental health and feel better. And it's totally like, it is so valuable to figure out what works for you and not compare yourself to people, um, in that journey.
2: I love that pivot sky. I feel like not necessarily pivot, but that's been one of my biggest learnings I think is that I, like, I tend to give unsolicited advice, like know yourself, know thyself. Um, And I've kind of always known that, like, everyone's different, right? Like, we all have different brains, we all have different bodies, like, we all have different, like, genetic makeups, like, biologically, we are all different, yet the same. Um, And I think in the podcast, like, having the podcast, it's really brought to the forefront of my mind, like, take what works for you, leave what doesn't, and don't don't take it personally when someone's like, oh, like you do that or like, you know, you don't do that or whatever it may be. And like, like be open. Like for me, I think my, not habits, but like my daily routines of like my gratitude journal, like that didn't really start or become a thing. I feel like I knew helped me every day until I really talked about it. And like, heard from other people that it did work for them or like we had Anna Callahan on who is a current Duke lacrosse player and she was like whenever I am overthinking something I write it out like I put it in writing and Brian on one of our like more recent episodes kind of said the same thing where he was like I write out like whatever the situation is and I kind of write out like what actually is going to happen and if this happens is it really life?" shattering is it going to be life altering am I not going to be able to recover from it and like every single time it's ends up not being as big of a thing as like in my mind I'm making it out to be so yeah so like I feel like exactly what Sky said like every person's different um and things are going to work differently for different people
0: yeah Oh, absolutely. And I think that's something, you know, going into, I almost said 2021, going into 2022, I need to do as well because I'm definitely, you know, the person that's like, go to therapy, go to therapy, you do this, which I mean, I still advocate for therapy, but also kind of reminding myself that you can't, like, you need to meet people where they're at and someone is only going to like help them they're they're only gonna like they need to reach a certain point of acknowledgement you can't help, help someone who
2: doesn't want to like help themselves exactly
0: yeah I was looking for that quote I was like <laughs> uh gonna butcher it but it's like and then you have to kind of you know I or at least for, you know speaking for myself like not hold resentment in that situation and know that just because like I've done a lot of therapy and a lot of like self-reflection and et cetera, et cetera, doesn't mean that like everyone has done that same thing and kind of just give them grace to um, To work through their own their own demons um, while, and like not shoving my opinions on that or onto them.
2: Yeah. With that too, I think what I've learned and this is more so with like my family because I'm a big therapy proponent and I'm always like just go once and if you don't like it whatever you know but like know that every therapist is different yada yada um but to your point also setting boundaries and being like if this person's not gonna like do the work they need and I feel like I'm on a merry-go-round where I'm hearing the same underlying core issue over and over again but it's in a different scenario and I feel like to like kind of illustrate it for like people listening, like a lot of times, um, you know, being a young woman in your twenties, right. Like clocks ticking. Some of my friends have been engaged, whatever. And, you know, some of my friends in my friend groups kind of feel that pressure and, you know, I want a boyfriend or I want this, or I want that. And it's, and you kind of have these conversations where someone can only love you as much as you love yourself. And it's, it just becomes this like cyclical, like, oh my goodness, right? Like you want to pull your hair out. And so for me, I've had to learn setting up boundaries and being like, I like I love you and I see you, but like, I can't continue to have this conversation until, you know, you go do the work or you go do this. And I've had like, not falling outs, but like definitely relationships become strained because of some of that stuff, but other ones be strengthened because, you know, they they end up like really doing that work. I don't know if you guys have had like similar experiences with like setting some of those boundaries and it's not easy but
0: yeah no definitely I think it's it's hard and I think it's something that especially people who like tend to be on the side of empathetic and um you know sensitive or like people pleasing it's even like harder for them and by them i mean, including myself in that because you know you want people to like you you don't want to come off as like confrontational or mean even though that's probably not the right word I'm looking like not the word I'm looking for but in order for you to like maintain your own like or like you can't pour from an empty cup at the end of the day so if someone is like consistently you know draining you by with like their um whatever they're going through and they're not you know uh, Effectively dealing with it themselves, you need to set that boundary with it's with family, friends, um, coworkers, what have you, of just like only like be, it, be and like sometimes you know you opening up that conversation as you said can like really strengthen the relationship, um, but also going into that conversation knowing that it like depending on the person it may they may get defensive they may et cetera, and just knowing that that's not a reflection on you that's entirely projection. Is something that like I constantly remind myself when I do have those difficult conversations.
1: Yeah, I um, <clears throat> I think I was kind of debating how to say this because it's something that I'm still working through myself. But I feel like I've actually been on kind of the other end of this equation that you guys are talking about, where I. I've actually been really struggling this past season and um, like this podcast season, and then also my soccer season. Um, And it's been a really interesting experience where I've always like been proud of the fact that I've been very self-reflective and have always tried to work through things myself. And I found myself in this situation and I'm really just sharing this because I think a lot of times, on episodes we've had and in mental health conversations, I find myself thinking certain things, and I I wonder if there's anyone else out there who's experiencing the same thing. And I assume that there must be, but um, basically, I've found myself in this place where, when I self reflect, it turns into this crazy negative spiral where everything I think about myself is negative. And I've actually found that like, especially when I was at its worst, worst, it was really important for me to just stop thinking. And I really have not taken much time to self-reflect. And instead I've just been focusing on getting to the next day and trying to change my environment and go for a walk and do other things. So I, I do just want to give a shout out to people who aren't in that place yet to really dive into self-reflection because I know it's so important but like I think for me it's important to be honest also and say like I I haven't been practicing what I've been preaching in terms of self-work and self-reflection because a lot of days recently I've just felt like surviving but I think
2: I think that's like yeah. So well, first, thank you for sharing that. Um, I know that's not easy to like, you know, open up about. But I do like. I I don't want to like pr- like pretend I'm on some pedestal that I'm like always working on myself. This guy, like, I'm right there with you. I mean, this pat like holidays are hard. Not that like I have like the worst home life, but like you know tensions are high. Like I feel like survival mode is sometimes like where not where you need to be but like where you are you know and I don't think that I think to bring economics into it right like diminishing marginal returns like I think that sometimes there's a point where like you just like can't right like you have your toolbox you have your tools and like for the time being like that that is what it is like get through it and then when you get to the place where like you can self-reflect and you like mentally are are tuned into like what you may need or what you you're trying to figure out you know new tools I think that's like we all we're all kind of on different we're on different timelines right
0: I think ultimately yeah and I think there will be people listening who will find so much solace in what you just said if that you know you don't have to like constantly self-analyze and like if that is draining you then it's totally okay to pause and rest like i think you know everyone is going through something and like kind of as you, like what you said before sky of like you know there's not one right or wrong, one wrong way to you know approach your mental health like that's a case in point kind of a thing of you know you found that it was best for you just to like take a step back and if if that's like what's working for you then like just keep on doing that until you know until you're in a different headspace and like luckily you're you're so self-aware and you have such a great support system that I think you should know like you know we'll be there for you at every you know, step or wherever you are in that process. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, no, I think, again, that's definitely been, this has turned into not focusing on the podcast. totally mm-hmm. focusing on myself. We'll get back to that. But yeah, no, I just like, um, just feel so overwhelmingly grateful for my support system because, yeah, they've continued to just be so, incredible and so gentle and understanding um, and I think I've learned a lot in terms of how to continue to hopefully be there for people in the future who, who are dealing with different mental health issues because I've had so many people in my life who've been just like amazing examples for how to do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: I love that. Um, I want to hear sky if if you want to hit this one off i want to hear favorite like interviews or podcasts from i guess like we can do the whole year since zoe i think you have like a rolling you don't necessarily have seasons maybe we have like season one season two so
0: i like try to have seasons but i don't even know when they start or end. <laughs>
1: um i yeah i love that i think um for me my mind goes to maddie price immediately um just because we got to interview her so recently after her experience at the olympics and it was just so fascinating to hear about that experience as a whole and she's someone that i've always had so much respect for her mentality um towards life towards sports um and she's someone who's always inspired me. So getting to have that conversation with her um, and getting to share her experiences with our audience was something that I, I really, I really loved. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. Zoe, what was your did you have a favorite? Oh, that's so tough. Um I think my favorite. Not necessarily like my favorite, but probably like my I had two interviews that I like totally like was geeking out on the whole time. Um, I'm not sure if you guys watched the Nixium documentary, The Vow, on HBO, or like I'm like very into cults, so <laughs> you know, weird plug or like weird flex. But I had literally just seen the the Nixium documentary on my way uh, or on a flight um it's like nine episodes each an hour so it was a long flight and i finished the entire thing and yeah it was really wow but basically this cult and you guys should definitely like research it because a it's so interesting the guy who ran the cult um it like basically was under the guise of a um self-help like like Instant or class like self help classes, it was called like the executive success program. And they they deliberately targeted people who were like going through transitions and their mental health wasn't really great. Um, and then ultimately, like, and people would join this, like, for they were in it for like 15 years, like, so long. And towards the end of it, he started it was like Allison Mack, the actress or actor, was in it, and um, she and Keith Reneer, the cult leader had like a sex trafficking kind of thing and um, indoctrinated a bunch of like the women to become sex slaves for the guy, to for Keith. And so that's just like a really background on the cult. Um, and I got to intervie- interview two of the women who were um, in the cult and both were indoctrinated into like the sex cult portion. And that was just like a just so mind blowing to speak to them and just see how they managed to survive something so terrible and yet be like so kind and like just amazing to speak to and like wise and have so much like just goodness, um, despite like all that they had been through. Also like side note, I'd also been recruited into this cult, so like that I had a special part. So there's a lot of like there's a lot of like stuff around it um so yeah that was definitely the most like memorable slash just yeah so the so i guess it'd be india oxenberg and sarah edmondson
1: okay we're gonna (laughs) i should speak for myself i'm gonna go and listen to that episode immediately after we finish recording
0: yeah cults are fascinating i i've watched way too many my Netflix is like, or my Hulu, it'll open up and it's like new for you, and then it's like, ugh, it's, it's really. Funny. <laughs> Mine's like
2: serial killer murder things. Yep. Okay, <laughs> we're in the same
0: boat. I'm like, if anyone saw this, they think
2: I was like, psycho. Um, I think my favorite has been, or I guess the season was Scott Day, who, um started what's called Sean's house or helped start and runs Sean's house, which is off of the university of Delaware's campus. And it's essentially like a house for students to come or for really anyone to come, um, if they need kind of any help or just to talk or just hang out. And they have, um, graduate sky, correct me if I'm wrong. It's like, grad grad students who are yeah, getting their grad
1: students PhD students
2: yeah so they're like tra- training training to be you know like professional licensed therapists but I think knowing that there's like a sanctuary for people that exists and that talking to someone who helps run run it and has seen so much and has experienced his own you know like deals with depression every day and has three kids and a wife right like and is in his mid 30s. I think that was I don't know because sometimes I get into spirals where I'm like is having depression going to affect me like later in life? Like is this going to be something that my kids get? Am I going to be able to have kids, you know? Like just I'm spiraling right now like talking through this. But like I I don't know. I feel like there's so many questions surrounding like mental health because like I haven't I don't have like an example of someone who has necessarily like gone through it and so talking to him is really cool because I'm like okay like you can do this like you know you can kind of like get through you can help yada yada so so that was I think a really really cool and impactful
0: guest for me at least yeah wow that's awesome I just love seeing people like that just it really like just gives me hope in the world and like people and like that there are just like really great souls out there
1: yeah, I think when we were when he kind of described Sean's house as a whole, our reaction was, "Oh my God, this needs to be everywhere!" You know, like this yeah. model needs to be replicated in, in every town, all like just every country, whatever else. And he was like, "Yeah, that's the response we usually get." <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I hope that you know that'll be a thing. Obviously, not not tomorrow, but. <laughs> Um, there'll be a lot more kind of just, yeah, safe spaces like that. I think that's so powerful. And also it felt almost informal too. And, and that's what I loved about it. This idea that you could just walk up to was something that felt like a house and ring a doorbell and be welcomed into a living room and someone to talk to who could almost feel like a peer. Like, obviously yeah. it's so important to have fully licensed professionals But I think in moments of really intense crisis, having a safe space that feels completely comfortable and so accessible is really powerful because, you know, like when you're in crisis, like you were saying, there's a national shortage of therapists. You can't always get into a counseling session the moment that you really need it. So, um, yeah, I just thought that Sean's house was an amazing concept and uh, love that Scott is doing that work. Uh, yeah just went off on a tangent about how cool our guests are basically <laughs> um hmm is there anyone that you guys really want to have on in
0: 2022 hmm I feel like I literally just emailed a bunch of people that I like really want to have on granted like I mean some of them are just because I'm like reaching out to like people who are on the bachelor that i'm like speak it into
2: existence
0: tell us tell (laughs) us answer my email um (laughs) wait if i can somehow finagle my way to get michael phelps or demi lovato through talkspace that would be
2: were you reading my mind i was gonna say michael phelps i
0: like yeah my colleagues met him at like one of the conferences we had that i didn't get to go to and they said he's like the nicest human in the world and i'm just like i totally would have been that asshole that's like wanting my podcast <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that would i mean that'd be pretty sick or like simone biles if you are listening to this <laughs> come on my podcast
1: <laughs> but Yeah, Michael Phelps was a friend of mine for me too because my grandmother was sending me newspaper article clips of Michael Phelps talking about his experiences. And my grandmother is just the sweetest soul. So yeah, she'd send me these newspaper cutouts, like, like, you know, take the scissors to the newspaper with a little sticky note that says like, hi, sweetie, like, I think that you should like, you totally should reach out to Michael Phelps and get him on your podcast you share so many similar interests I'm like yes grandmother I will just
2: (laughs) we'll have to scan that and
0: send it to him in our email Right,
1: (laughs) actually that's probably the best way to go about it
0: my grandma did the same thing she she like sent me an article or like I don't know a video of Rachel Maddow I don't even know her name Maddow she's like a reporter she's like honey you have to have her on like I love Rachel and I'm like Okay grandma I'll just like email like send <laughs> but- a
1: smoke flare and send a messenger pigeon <laughs> you know like it just it's you know it's not that easy um but sometimes it is i think honestly cat that's a good idea i feel like the more creative you get in terms of how you connect with um those kind of bigger names you know maybe it works out
2: my fingers ah. are crossed big things in 2022 yes. we'll see <laughs>
0: what are your guys's I hate like new year's resolutions but like new year's intentions like things that you are like hoping to do for yourself in the new year
1: I I yeah one of my best friends and I was we were just talking about calling them new year's intentions too so bump to that um I think kind of in regards to what I was talking about earlier, I do feel like I'm in a better headspace right now. And I feel like I really want to commit to, you know, some change. Like, I feel like, like I said, I've really been surviving day to day and have just been keeping my head down and not changing too much. Granted, I did just start a new job, but like felt like that kind of fell into my lap and I just got super lucky with it. Um, but I think the biggest thing for me is right now I've been feeling like I don't have much of an identity without soccer, which is something that we've talked on the podcast about so many times, Kat, right? Like, and I think it's something that my uncle said that's really stuck with me. He's like, I want you to be patient in finding who you are outside of soccer. And I really love that because I think sometimes I felt as though oh my God, I need to figure out exactly who I am and figure life out right now because I feel so lost when in reality, I think I'm going to try to sit with that feeling a little bit more and be patient in figuring myself out, but also trying to push myself to change. So kind of like finding, finding that balance of implementing some changes in my life, but at the same time, not rushing through them and creating change just to I don't know yeah i clearly I'm still thinking through it we're gonna we're gonna journal about it but um yeah those are some things that are on my mind for 2022. I think for me
2: I am kind of bumping skies a little bit um where I took my like lacrosse identity and turned it into like career or like I went to a year of grad school. So it was kind of like, I wanna be the best student I can be. And I found myself in a place where I am blurring the line between valuing my career and letting my career like almost like thinking of my career as like an identity piece, like a characteristic of mine, right. That I like work hard and I do this and I do that. So like for new years, I really want to start almost like implementing like time blocks and setting these boundaries where like the lines are very clear between when it's time for this and when it's time for that. And almost like figuring out and experimenting to see like what else brings me joy, right. Like I love my dog. I do like work, like I love like Morgan's message, but like is there anything else that I can add that can like kind of like calm me down? You know, like I I run very like tightly wound. And I found like this year especially, like I take everything very seriously. Like I'm not a serious person, but I am a serious person where (laughs) every little thing, like I'm like, oh my gosh, like what are they gonna think? Or like, oh, I didn't do this, or like if I get an email from my manager, I'm like right like I'm like typing right back like so I think like trying to like be kinder to myself and understand that like to everyone else this isn't the end of the world right like I'm like putting so much more pressure on myself than I need to and like I need to take a step back and fill my time with other things because I think that's what's going to end up like not like balancing it out as in like everything's like you know 50 50 or like 20 20 20 20 like but figuring out what the right balance is where I'm not so tightly wound and I'm not putting so much pressure on myself. And, you know, if I don't get this or I don't get that, like it's not the end of the world, I'm not pissed off for a week. Right. So like, I think like kind of with on, on to Sky's point, like not necessarily identity, I guess, but, but figuring out my, my ins and outs of my life a little bit more, which I don't know, mid twenties, I feel like it you know, you know how everyone's like midlife crisis. Like, I feel like it's like mid twenties. Something else happened.
0: Yeah, quarter life crisis. Is yeah, maybe nope. that.
2: Yeah, it's very real. I'm feeling it.
0: Yep. Um, what about you? I think. I mean, I say this like every year. At least I think I write it down every year, and I, n- I never even like stick with it or try it. To be honest, but this year, like, I really want to try being more present and like actually commit to like meditating, which I am really bad at because I am a Virgo. (laughs) I don't even know, but I just, but like, I just can't, I like, I I can, but I, I think like, it's like this last year was both like so long, but also flew by kind of a thing. And I've just been having such an amazing time in Austin. And I think that, because I know I'll be eventually moving back to New York like my old self would be kind of like constantly thinking about that and worrying about it and stressing and planning for it and all of that and then all of a sudden I'd be moved like that would you know it would be at the point where I would be moving back and I would be like wait what happened to the past year like or you know nine months and so this year I just really want to take like T- like take time to just appreciate every moment and like stop and just think about like wow like i'm here this is special i have like my friends i have my dog and like i don't know just appreciate things more um because yeah de- <laughs> the years are definitely flying by and <laughs> soon i gonna be like wake up and be 28 and be like what the hell where did this all go <laughs> yeah
1: Oh, geez. Well, I I also appreciate that too. Like, I think that's so real that there are a lot of people out there who have written down intentions every single year and they haven't worked out and cheers to like continuing to write it down and trying again to work at it because I think that's super powerful. And yeah, it's never too late to try. I think that's, that's something also that I'm going to try to focus on this year is that idea that just because something hasn't worked in the past or you haven't been this way in the past or whatever it is, does not mean that you can't be that way in the future or things will work out differently in the future. Like no matter how many years, days, whatever it was that, you know, something went one way, if you, you can still commit tomorrow to make that thing happen. And like, it might not work out again, but there's so much value in trying, you know, like there is, there's real value in writing that intention down again and like really going for it yeah so I think that's cool
0: what's that quote in um uh the Cinderella story <laughs> I'm gonna oh, be no help never I'm... let
2: never let the fear of striking out keep you from playing the game
0: yeah <laughs> oh, I love
1: that
2: <laughs> it like kills off the wallpaper in the diner yeah I'm like yeah oh my god I like really want to watch that movie. <laughs> So good. Um, I know, I know we're like a little over an hour. Do we want to do like a rose and a thorn of 2021 to like wrap it all up? Yeah.
1: You want to go first?
2: (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Um,
1: I need to think.
2: Yeah. Rose and thorn of 2021. I don't know if I necessarily have like a thorn that was like an event, but I think in general, like my biggest thorn has not has been like not being honest with myself when I'm stretched too thin and like doing too much. And I think people like who are like, oh I'm just so busy. I'm just like doing too much. Like I don't even like say I'm busy. I just like at the end of the day get in my bed and I'm like, oh my God, I have so much stuff to do tomorrow. Like oh I did so much stuff today. And I almost like sacrifice my own time and my own sanity at for other people without them even like asking me to. It's just I think part of my part of my nature. And so I've really worn down kind of the soles of my sneaker. So I feel like that I've been doing myself a disservice in 2021 in that um so I think that would be like my biggest thorn but my biggest rose has been, And this is ironic, but I think the podcast, I think just, I have gained so much insight and felt so much love and support. And I think the podcast has given so many other people so much love, support, and truly like a safe space to come to and listen in. And I mean, like, I just like tear up at being able to kind of give back in any kind of way to... Mental health community, athletic community, whatever it may be, um, and Morgan's message. I think Morgan's message has done so many amazing things in 2021 and to be a to be a small part in Morgan's like legacy. I don't know. It's like I'm speechless. I don't even know how to how to quantify it with words. But yeah.
1: I wish I, I could all through the screen and hug you. <laughs>
2: Well, we can air hug also because COVID, you know?
1: Yeah, true. (laughs) What about you, Sky? Um, I mean, like I, you have the podcast and Morgan's message on the brain now. And I just want to like, not copy you, but just bump that for sure as a rose, because it really has been incredible to be involved with this and um, yeah, just bumped to everything you said. It's been an amazing experience. We've met so many incredible guests and I feel very, very lucky to be a part of this conversation and the organization, um, of Morgan's message. Um, I think the rose that I was thinking about initially for this year, for me was coming back to soccer. Um, not because it was fun all the time. Like it was kind of really miserable. And like, I really did struggle with it mid to late season, but I think I'm, I'm so proud of myself for at least coming back to it and coming back and just coming into tryouts and actually feeling like I really earned a contract and earned a spot on one of the best teams in the country and like owning that and being proud of myself for that. Um, and then Thorne, I don't know. Um, again, no, no real moment. I feel like I've been so well, okay. One, one kind of moment, my brother fractured his skull (laughs) and that was kind of scary for a little bit, but he's fine now. And, um, like funnier than ever and laughs about all the time but no for the most part like was so so lucky this year and um did not have any major events but I think going off kind of your thorn thought process there Kat is like and I I felt like I didn't grow as much as I would have liked to this past year because I was kind of in survival mode and I'm hoping that um yeah 2022 will be more growth focused both in growth mindset and also in other changes and spontaneity and kind of things like that so um yeah all right so you're up
0: <laughs> okay i think for thorn um there was like a there was a moment where i came back from this was kind of also like I think like the last, like the biggest lesson I took out of 2021. Um, So there was like a, I came back from traveling over the summer uh, to Austin where I was like having the best time, like, you know, prior. And I like came back from New Jersey and was like super excited to be back in Austin with all my friends. And like, I just felt like the same feeling of depression that I had had when I was in New York. And I couldn't, like, pinpoint the sadness, which was, like, always scary because that was – it was, like, the first time since I was in New York when I just had this, like, overwhelming sadness and couldn't, like, point to something. And so there was, like, a real moment where I'm, like, oh, my gosh, it's back. Like, really was – I was freaking out. And I had, like, a really long conversation with one of my friends who's a therapist. And I was, like, I don't know what it is. Like, there's nothing – like – I was so happy when I, you know, moved to Austin. I didn't have any friends, but I still was, like, in such a great headspace. Now I have all these friends, but I'm still, like, I'm so sad. I don't know what the difference is. And she, like, straight out asked me if, like, I had been taking my meds, like, that had been helping me. And I was, like, no, I kind of stopped taking those, like, a while ago because I was feeling good. And she's, like, well, that's your answer. Like, you need to reach out to your psychiatrist and, like, you know, and – it was like such an aha moment where I was like, oh, duh! But like, I, I don't know. It was something I was like kind of scared to do, but I finally like did reach out to my psychiatrist and like told her what had happened, um, and she was super like helpful and um patient through the process, and then just re prescribed me, and um, I had to like start again from like the lowest dosage and wean up, which sucked, but. I think that, like, really helped me to just make the most out of the rest of the year and, like, enjoy my birthday and enjoy, like, the rest of the months. And I think it's kind of was, like, also just in a moment where I realized that, you know, recovery isn't a linear process at all. And, like, there's going to be bumps in the road, but, like, it's sticking to kind of, like, what works for you um, and and not <laughs> just assuming that you know like exactly like how to maintain like handle your medication or you know you're not taking everything into your own hands was like a big lesson that I learned and kind of allowed me to have so many roses like throughout the rest of the year
1: um can you pick one of those roses
0: let's see um oh my gosh I- I think oh yeah my my birthday without a doubt like I I love my birthday I'm a big like birthday person but this year like it was just so much like just so special and my friends just like went out of their way to make me feel like so loved and my parents like and grandma and like they made this like ridiculous video thing and it was just like the most ridiculous night but I just like left that night feeling so loved so definitely my birthday 26 <laughs>
1: uh that my mind just goes to getting kicked off insurance like that is the only thing that Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh that's something I cause
0: that's something I still like don't even fully comprehend and I'm like oh right we're definitely over the we're definitely in our 20s now <laughs> <laughs>
1: we're there um Well, that's the best. I I remember you saying that you're a big birthday person when we had you on the first podcast. Yeah. I'm glad that, yeah, it lived up to.
0: Oh, it surpassed, which I didn't think was possible.
1: Yay. Amazing. All righty. Well, this conversation was so, so nice. It was so nice to reflect on this past year with both you guys, um, not just as podcasters, but as humans. Um, So yeah, I appreciate you both so much.
0: appreciate guys thanks for inviting me on it's like so nice to be part of this
1: yeah of course